Persistent resistance on <laughs> yeah. bars there from Aranya Johar. Mate, yes. do you guys have goosebump, goosebumps as well? Oh, yes. totally, yeah. Whole time, fuck me. So that was, of course, the uh, MUN anthem from Aranya Johar. Yes. And uh, yeah, well, I guess we're playing this in light of the fact that today we're going to be talking about MUN. And mm-hmm. for those of you listeners who don't know, MUN is Model United Nations. I'm always surprised by how many people have no clue what MUN is. So I'm like, oh yeah, I used to yes. do a lot of MUN, or like, oh, I'm going to an MUN, like, you know, in a, in a couple months, they're like, what's an MUN? And you have to explain it. And they're it's like, so oh, hard too, like, yeah. oh, it's some nerdy <laughs> shit. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's some really nerdy <laughs> shit. It's so <laughs> it's fun. fun. Nerdy yeah, no, yeah. it's so fun. It is great. So yeah. welcome, guys. Of course, yeah, today we're going to be talking about Damon. I'm joined by Tice and Thierry. Thank you so much for coming in. Um, you, and you course. guys are Thank on you. the committee for Dan Moon. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Dan Moon is taking place in a in a week, is it not? Or yeah, it yeah. is. In Already. Next, not this weekend, the next, yeah. yeah. The 16th and the 17th. Six, and that's Saturday and Sunday. Exactly, yes. yeah. Okay. Um, and the deadline is on the 10th for signing up for exactly, us. Exactly, yeah. And so hurry up. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So this podcast is also going to be a bit of an explanation about Dan Moon, as well as going into a bit of detail about why MUN is so slick, why it's so fun, why you can meet some lifelong friends, perhaps, you yes. know. Exactly, yeah. you, The love of your life is often <laughs> found. No, no joke. I have It's often friends. found in the yeah, security council, friends. you know. Like, Definitely. it doesn't, it's no joke. So, um yeah, so Damun, what's the format going to be? Because obviously normally MUN is a conference, it's very yeah, social. So, um, with the whole coronavirus thing uh, going on, we uh, saw all these conferences around us getting cancelled. We were planning to organize delegations uh, to, to different conferences and all of that got cancelled and it all had to be postponed. But then uh, we basically th- basically thought we're having all these um all these things getting uh, transferred online. Why Why not do the same with MUN? It's actually... It, that should be pretty doable. So uh, we started going into it, and we uh, figured out a way to do it on Zoom, on the famous video chat app. That's fucking cool, man. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was thinking the same thing. So I think uh, I might apply for Uniska, which oh is yeah, um, no. nice. I did just miss the deadline, but my flatmate is <laughs> yeah. on the board, okay. so, so I might maybe. have an it. We'll <laughs> have to see. But nice. um, yeah, she told me that it's now all online as well, and. At first, I was like, ah, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, half the fun of MUN is meeting people and being very yeah. social. But then I thought, you know, six credits kind of need to But yeah. no, I was wondering, do you think there's going to be a lot of issues with um, spe- oh, people speaking over each other? Is it going to be because a lot of MUN is yeah. quite, it can get quite boisterous and quite rowdy. Um, and I imagine with Zoom with um, like 20 people all yeah. in different locations talking over each other, it could be somewhat problematic. I mean, there's a lot of challenges with doing it online. Um well, one of them is obviously time zones. The other one is the top, well, just what you mentioned. 
Um, but we figure MUN has a very strict procedure, so it's not um, just a generic debate. It's a lot. It's very structured. You know, you have the raising of the placards. You have an actual chair which monitors everything, kind of puts their hand down. So the idea is um, basically to have uh, different MUN meetings going on for each committee, um, and everyone basically mutes themselves um, unless chosen by the chair. And in an MUN conference, that's usually how it works. Like you're not supposed to be speaking unless you have the floor. Mm. Um, so we figured that that's not going to be the biggest issue. Um, there are various issues to tackle, um, and we're doing it right now, especially, like, as I said, time zone-wise, it's insane to coordinate because we have people... I mean, the international response has been it has been really surprising. We have people from everywhere, and that's been yeah. so positive but also so challenging. So we're not too considered about people talking over each other, more about everyone being able to be there yeah. and okay, cool. working out. So, yeah. Very nice, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was meant to go to MUN like uh, two weeks ago in Barcelona, and I was really looking forward ah, to it because I hadn't done M- any MUN for like four years. Um, but then I really, I did some volunteering for Bernie Sanders in America, and that really made me want to get back into politics and like, you know, start to pursue that as more of like a long-term career or whatever. Nice. And I was like, all right, well, if I, if I want to do that, then I have to get back into debating <laughs> and public speaking yeah. as like a hobby. So then I was like, all right, time to sign up for MUN. Yeah, and I signed yeah, up and I got on. Definitely teaches you some stuff. Exactly, man. Oh, yeah. It was really so fun. Good. Yeah, no, I, I loved it in high school. Like, yeah, yeah. Also, like, a, I feel like a university conference is uh, such a higher level. Not just because, okay, you know, people have done MUN, but even first timers. We saw earlier this year that we had a, yeah. we had a conference with a lot of first timers. Just the fact that people are actually now studying more in depth what they're debating about mm. offers yeah. so much more insight than in high school. In high school, you kind of like research a bit and kind of try and understand your, your country. But people have actually done geopolitics courses, it, you know, public relations courses, international relations courses. And you can really see um, that reflected. So um, that's another reason to join our conference is just to get a head start for when actual conferences take place again. It's good practice to just put your MUN skills yeah, definitely. Uh, to use, definitely, yeah. 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 That's something I always felt with uh with the high school ones was me and the guys from my school, we would take pride in like not preparing at all and still doing well. Because everybody else would come in with like yes. their resolutions. We were always like the, uh, I went to like a Catholic state school in London and we were the only one that wasn't a private school at all these conferences. So we'd come in there like, we were still like, you know, reasonably posh like it was a bit of a you know, it was a it was a state school which tried to act like a private school <laughs> oh yeah the rugby yeah. and cricket and mun and you know putting a cross and a latin name on it exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> whack a whack a latin name yeah. on it pater noster and you saw it yeah so we had that and we'd rock up to these conferences thinking we're like you know we're working class and shit and rowdy <laughs> like, oh you wrote a resolution mate that's fucking out there mate why would you do that man that's keen you some neek or something and then like you know but we'd all do pretty well but for this one i was like I'm actually going to write a resolution. I'm going to research it a lot. I, I really want to like compete in a yeah. different way, you know? So I, I think there is more of that at university level as well. Yeah. And you get to understand the issues you're dealing with as well. Yeah. Like when you, when you really dive into it, you find out so much more than when you just like follow the news and read a few articles. When you start actually getting into these subjects, there's so much interesting stuff to be, uh, to be discovered. Mm. Yeah. And also our conference is a bit different than what, people may be used to. So we're actually using Harvard's rules of procedure, which involve uh, no previous resolution writing and kind of gathering support for it. It's a lot more Ah. about a debate going on and the resolution gets built within the debate. So it needs less preparation and more preparation on both sides. So you need to know more about the topic 
But at the same time, you need to write less stuff. You don't need to actually come with a resolution ready. It is recommended that you come with a few clauses, obviously, but um, it's more about working as a team. It's more about actually, okay, that if we actually vote for that clause, it's not going to be represented in my you know, policy, blah, blah. So it's more about um, working as a team than maybe what people were used to in high school, which was, oh, I don't have enough people signing for my resolution and, you know, oh my God, writing resolution is so much work. So that, I think that's a huge difference. Mm. Yeah. yeah, That's nice. The collaboration aspect is always funny. <coughs> I remember like when, when they say, like, all right, time for lobbying. And I just kind of sit there and wait for yeah. people to come to me <laughs> yeah. and be like, come on, mate. Like, and they're like, are you going to sign? I'll be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> 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 I was pay, yeah, yeah. paying attention to way too many other things to care about that. Yeah. And I love like, uh, I don't know, do you still get it? Because I only ever went to one like university one when I was a first year, now I'm a fourth year, so it was a bit of a while ago. Um, do you still get like the the kids handing around notes? Ah, uh, yeah, of yes. course, right? Good, yeah. that's, that's a crucial <laughs> that's aspect of MUN. That's the flirting technique. Oh, <laughs> mate, you have no idea. Yeah, you're not going to meet the love of your life without passing notes. <laughs> yeah, you will, mate. <laughs> yeah. That's where you're wrong. Yeah, the yeah. gossip box, by the way, that's also another one. The gossip box? Yeah, with What's like that? pickup lines. Oh, you never had a gossip box? No. Nah, oh, nah, Tira, nah. you want to explain what that is yeah, about? Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Fun. Yeah, so during the conference, you just send, uh, send like funny, funny jokes or pickup lines to the chairs, and they put them all in a box. And then at the end, when when everyone is a bit tired, they start reading those out. And <laughs> <laughs> <everyone just Yeah. laughs> like they're all anonymous, so people can just yeah, yeah, go yeah. crazy with like cringy puns or nice pickup lines or oh, pickup really lines fun, that yeah. you would never dare to say to someone in person. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think my favorite one was still like. Um, is the delegate from is the delegate from Spain from uh, French because mad damn <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's all about this kind of play on words or, like the delegate from Djibouti you know yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah Djibouti of, yeah no that's yeah, that's, that's so that's good fun. we had a yeah. there was just one guy called like there's a friend of mine called Charles and he was funny he used to go to MUN specifically he didn't didn't care about debating didn't care about the issues he just went specifically to try and chat up girls. <laughs> like, and we'd all like, and we'd all get like egg him on to like send stupid notes. And just like, In yeah, Charles, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. From like whichever delegation we were yeah. like, we always Rwanda for some reason. Yeah. Um, you always get shitty countries for some reason. Like, the good thing about shitty countries, like, what I liked about the shit ones. You can is say like, whatever you want. Say whatever you want, yeah. man. Nobody knows what like yeah. Fiji's position yeah. is on <laughs> nuclear power. Like, safe, you know, safe, exactly. Yeah. That was the best. I would always vouch for like, the best is actually if you get a Gulf state, because you have a shit ton of money um, <laughs> and you basically get to do no whatever morals. you want. Everyone, yeah. Needs, yeah. No everyone needs you That's and you can do what yeah, you want. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm. That was something I did notice about the university once. Like, mm. I went to the Harvard World MUN in Rome in 2017. No, 2016. Mm -hmm. cool. um, and that was so funny because the, the Italians completely fucked it up like they did not organize it properly oh. at all like i remember being like i went to like loads of you know very well organized ones in high schools and you know ones yeah. in edinburgh and all around england um and they were always really good and you know, quite yeah. fancy and this one i was expecting like a similar thing and it was like harvard you know, and <laughs> yeah. in rome and it was like 200 countries are here like da 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 and uh and then we like yeah we get in there and i was in i think ecosoc Economic yeah, we have that council on our conference classic. Too. Yeah, yeah. It was, what's the SOC? Economic and social. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so I was in EcoSOC one. There was an EcoSOC two, and both committees had over a hundred people in them. What? Yeah, <laughs> and like just to do the roll call took like an hour. Yeah, it no, was that's insane. No fun. No. And it was just like, nah, I'm, I'm, 
and me and my friend like he actually <laughs> so I, I was in a committee with this dude and he like uh he arrived to the conference like two days late um and when he got there he was like man how's the committee been i was like i left after roll call man i'm not <laughs> taking part in that like they did the first all right any points of uh, information on the floor 50 hands yeah. go up and i'm yeah. like and everybody's everyone's so competitive pre everyone's exactly. so prepared and competitive mm -hmm. then yeah. if you have 100 people you just have continuous like over exactly, yeah like yeah. everyone is just out screaming each other yeah. or that's small bit of attention that's left yeah it's really <laughs> nice at our conference like we have small committees so i think max 15 people per committee and since we're doing a uh, rules of procedure which involve working as a team uh we're trying to keep it to 10 or below because that really engages everyone and everyone can get heard whereas if you have you know what you just were talking about 100 or 200 people sometimes in general assembly and you just i mean the chairs are overwhelmed you as a delegate are overwhelmed like no one really gets any points uh, talked about. So yeah, that's something yeah. which our conference offers, which is maybe really nice for first timers and also for more experienced delegates, right? To really practice their negotiation skills or whatever. So yeah, 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 it's a big difference. No, it's fun. Yeah, I was yeah, that was the other thing. So <clears throat> when I went to this uh, these university conferences as well, I noticed there was much more of a focus on which country you are, mm. and you are yeah. kind of bound by that. And yeah. I think I was like Russia or something at one of these conferences, uh, university level. And I, I went up to give like a, a speech, say something. Everyone was like, but you're Russia. You can't say that. And I was like, I'll say what I want, man. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I disagree with Russia's policy. I'm gonna, like, I might not win re-election next year, but I'll say what I want right now. Like you can't. That's that, that's not how the MUN yeah. that's not how the UN works either. Like, oh, you'd get like, you know, France there saying, but Russia doesn't say that. It's like, well, no, the delegate, yeah. From Russia. France is very happy that well, well, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't try that. Yeah. Now yeah. uh, you also sometimes feel like it's sometimes really surprising if, if someone has like Tajikistan or some like a little country. Tajikistan. Yeah, Tajikistan, and suddenly yeah. they're like super active and they're like more about all the resolutions than the delegate yeah. from the US, and you're like, yeah, but yeah. the US did not sign that resolution. You're like, fuck, really? Shit. US, US yeah. went went for a fag break. Yeah. I mean, right yeah. now, it must be really fun to um, be the US representative for Trump's policies. Yeah, yeah, it's you like, can... Corona doesn't exist. You can have some wild... Yeah. Drink bleach. Wild statements there. <laughs> yeah. So how are you going to manage the... Um, is there going to be an online virtual disco as well? Oh, we, we thought about it, but I I guess... I think you should. <laughs> I I guess we can still can still do it and see at the conference whether people people want to but I I think I think they would because there's gonna be a lot of chat there's gonna be a lot of people who like you know yeah, want to want yeah. to interact like yeah you know it's it's the same thing the reason why you have the disco is because of the flirting it's because yeah. like you know yeah. you spend like a couple days yeah, interacting definitely. with all these people <laughs> and like getting to know them but it's always in that setting of like okay debating politics mun can whatever. always uh, grab a very cozy breakout room in the zoom session with just yeah yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah. So you've been there you know with, with, with like with, with like that girl you've been like you know debating with the past couple of days and you're, hey well, am i gonna see you to this girl like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe maybe yeah. I'll, I'll see if my friends are going yeah <laughs> we, also, we, we also thought of doing like um because it's all gonna be online right so you only see the upper body and we were having a bet on how many people are not going to wear pants. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So we thought of just like making them all stand up by the end. Okay, you know, all the delegates <laughs> ride. Everybody get the lectern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah. You can play the MU. See how many people jump to it, like yeah, turn, yeah. Their, yeah. turn their cameras. <laughs> so yeah, we want to see that. Yeah, it's going to be fun.
Oh, real good. What else would you say to anybody listening who's uh, thinking about applying but not too sure? Yeah, just don't don't doubt. Just do do it. Even just if you've never do do yeah, never yeah. done it, Shout what else are you doing? Probably <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's, yeah. it's just it's just a really um, it's a cool chance to like. I mean, Corona. We're all sitting at home, or we're all somehow affected by it. Not equally, but it's affected our lives in some way. So, why not try and you know think about it more? It's going to be something that's going to be talked about in the future. I mean, when we're older, it's going to be like, oh my god, remember that year where we weren't allowed to go out of the house for like five months? Remember that? Like, or it could be like, yeah. oh, I remember the year when World War Three started. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, like, yeah, exactly. So, all of yeah. our issues at this conference have to do with Corona, but they're not monotone. They're not, oh, you know how to. Yeah, to be fair, this to is going to be. Yeah. It's going to be a bit of everything. So it's that's very really interesting. Cool. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I've been having a lot of debates like that with my friends, and yeah, they're getting. They can get quite intense actually. Yeah, yeah, so and why I not have take them to our conference? Exactly. Yeah. There's yeah. so it's many, perfect. so many like human rights issues because wh when you watch the news about Corona, it's always uh, well, it's of course it's an important issue like how many people die in your own country and how many people are sick and what you, uh, what measures your government is taking. But to look at the global perspective and how human rights violations are everywhere, uh, also due to to Corona and how some in some countries the measures that are just internationally accepted like a lockdown. In some countries, that doesn't work. Like if you have a refugee camp or a mass city where people are just living on their income of like day to day, then uh, issues like that are always, uh, yeah, uh, like are also very, very important. And this uh, this conference will, uh, well, give you the chance to debate on those as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. Yeah. Def that's definitely getting overlooked at the moment, yeah. I feel. I mean, not even like, you know, in some countries, I think even in like, you know, prosperous western countries it's having a extremely detrimental effect on a lot of vulnerable yeah. groups like i read last week the the number of homeless people they estimate has doubled yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. lost and there's but you can't tell so much because a lot of have been accepted into hotels and they've been taken on the streets yeah. but that doesn't mean that these people aren't now homeless because yeah. they've yeah. now lost you know their supply of money, they've lost their supply of accommodation, they've had extremely tenuous living, working situations, which are now completely destroyed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So as soon as the lockdown arises, and, you know, or sorry, the lockdown is gone, yeah, yeah. they're still going to be without a house and without a job, and then they're going to get kicked out of the hotel. So yeah. then exactly. you're going to see a yeah. huge influx of thousands exactly. of homeless people into yeah, London, yeah. and that is yeah. just... You know, these One things, of the these crazy things, things I, I heard about New York, I'm not sure if the data is exact, but... Like I think a third of New Yorkers lost their jobs because of the yeah, coronavirus yeah. Ep epidemic, and their health insurance is dependent on their jobs because that's how the United States work. Yeah. Because so they they're on the street now with like in the middle of like an epidemic, and they don't have health insurance anymore, and they don't have income. Mm. It's cra yeah. the craziest situation. But it's also I feel like it really shows because like everyone's always talking about the future and how everything's going to be digitalized in the future, and you know kids are going to be working with iPads from home. And like I feel like this situation really shows like it doesn't work. Human need humans need to work in an office with other people. They need to just be able to walk over to the desk and be like, dude, like what was this? Or you know, it really shows how, how we're not yeah. ready for that, you know, utopia step. Like it's not a utopia for us. We don't want to be um stuck at home in a in a on on a screen every day. So that's also really interesting. I feel like yeah. how those utopias have been kind of debunked um i think on a human level you're definitely yeah. right that people are you know definitely being reaffirmed that they can't just sit at home in front of no, a screen yeah. all day but yeah. i think on a, yeah, on, a on, 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 on a business level on a yeah. corporate level mm. 
they are actually starting to realize the opposite now. Like, oh shit, look, my company can actually run at near full efficiency productivity without an office. Yeah, I don't need true, to have all yeah. these people together. Like, they might be happier like that, but true. you know, it's a huge need, cut, yeah. a huge cut down on costs. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but then I think also that will probably come back around because yeah. you know, and they might see in the short term that yeah. this functions this way, but this mm. is not a long term solution because eventually, true. a large portion of your employees are going to get depressed yeah and they'll be like actually no i'm gonna switch jobs to a place where i can work in an office with other colleagues and you know be a social human being who has to wake up at a reasonable time every day and uh has a reason to leave the house (laughs) but like this increased digitalization that's actually one of the topics we're going to talk about um next weekend is is also a huge issue because no one's really thinking about everyone suddenly have to do everything on skype and and you know suddenly everything's online and yeah there were a lot of uh, uh, private things, private documents, whatever, um, which are now suddenly the web, right? So that's again another issue which you're like, okay, what about privacy when yeah. everyone's suddenly on the internet? Like everything is suddenly public, everything is suddenly on the web, like from one week to the next. You know, how are we going to deal with that? Because I mean, we've already been talking about laws which weren't in place to to kind of protect our privacy digitally, and now where suddenly everything is digital, that's going to be that's going to be another issue to yeah. tackle in the future. Um, Definitely. So yeah, that's going to be another thing we're talking about. I mean, I don't know. I feel like this crisis affects so many areas. Um, yeah. And especially, I feel like poorer countries. So I'm from Spain, um, and they had seven weeks of lockdown, um, yeah. and not just lockdown, like in the Netherlands or, I mean, in the UK, you can go out for exercise, like lockdown, where they they really could not go out of the house. Um, yeah. Police pulling guns on people. Liter- yeah. Literally, though, it like was so funny as well. And it I was like it was different. It's like, fucking crazy, man. Yeah. And one thing I noticed with that as well, and something which I'd suspected for a long time, but hadn't really seen confirmed, mm. um, was the difference in personal liberties that we that we basically experience in Western European countries. Because mm. you tend to think like, all right, there's a division between you know Western Europe and Eastern Europe economically, but culturally, you know, uh, politically, Western Europe's yeah. all pretty consistent, mm. you know. But actually, you know, you think the differences come in like sensibility. Uh, cuisine, yeah. you know, laziness, whatever, these kind of stereotypes. We never really think, okay, politically, we're all pretty similar, right? But then you see what happened in Spain, France, and Italy compared to what's happened yeah. in Germany, in, in yeah. England, Netherlands, and Scandinavia. Yeah. yeah, I think Germany's a bit different because they have a very unique political history and they have yeah, a very, very solid, technical, yeah. a very solid, you know, kind of faith in their leadership, which is completely justified. But in Scandinavia, Netherlands, and Britain, you just were not able to do these kind of things, even though the numbers in Britain have gone up, you know, mm. to like the levels that we saw in Spain, Italy and France. Actually, you know, it's yeah. higher than France, what we've seen in in England. The government was never, ever going to say like, all right, total lockdown. You have to stay inside no matter yeah. what. The people would have lost their fucking mind yeah. if Boris Johnson was there. Like, nah, you're not allowed to leave the house for a jog. Be like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I beg your pardon. Who the fuck are you? Like, no, no, that's and that, so and in my opinion, that's the right response. I don't think you know Macron on like day one. I think it was like March seventeenth declared national lockdown. Nobody allowed to leave the house even yeah. for exercise. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are you? You know, like that is not. Yeah, also I feel like some that's things that are fundamental. You that's know? opened eyes because yeah. like I feel like a lot of lot of southern countries. Um, I'm speaking from my own experience and Spain. Um, I went to school there. And we had a dictatorship until, like, 1970. So, like, it wasn't even that long ago. That was, like, 50 years ago. Um, And, like, no one ever rebelled against that dictatorship. Like, it was when the European Union was, you know, going. And and no one ever said anything against that dictatorship. And it kind of, when the dictator died, it kind of 
trans just transformed into democracy, but no one ever condemned it as a dictatorship. So you can really see that like people are okay with the government using more extreme measures. Like you can really see them being like, yeah, no, we need police, you know, to patrol us. And, and, yeah, and if yeah, someone yeah. breaks the rules, it's okay. You know, they asked for it. It's okay if they beat them up. Whereas I feel like in the Netherlands, police violence would be like, what the hell? Like, something's wrong with our government or even yeah. in the UK, you know, like, he, you know, he didn't even have a gun. Why are you beating him up? Right. <laughs> and in Spain, it's a lot more like, yeah, you know, he broke the rules. Yeah, that's what happens. And it's just, I feel like that opens eyes again. And uh, in Spain, a lot of my friends are getting really angry at the government right now because it's, and I feel like it's going to cause um, a lot of civil unrest, like a lot, lot of aftermath um, for these governments um, when people start comparing countries because it's really going to make or break yeah, the mentality yeah. of countries. So yeah, that's going to be interesting. It's also, um, yeah, I remember there were some cases coming out of Spain. Yeah, I mean, dudes God, having <laughs> guns pulled on them. Yeah, because they were out doing exercise. Yeah, that yeah. is just insane. I, I just Old can't, I just women can't. being beat up because there, there, there was this one case where their son went out to buy groceries. That's legitimate. He had a reason. He had full, like he had, he had compelled with everything he had to do to get to go to go get groceries, uh, and he was still fined. And then he was kind of protesting. He's like, "Look, I have, you know, I have the 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 paper explaining that I'm going to go do groceries, etc." And then the mother came out to kind of like, and he was, he was, um, I think he had Down syndrome or something. So he wasn't able to express himself properly. So the mom, mother came out and both the mother and the son got beaten up by the police. Um, just trying to explain to the police that they were out <laughs> shopping. So it was like, that really hit. Uh, that yeah, was like, wow, home, yeah. even going Shit. out for food is a danger right now, right? Like, yeah. yeah. I, th I think it's funny as well, because with these um, with countries like Italy, Spain, France, you know, we really saw the kind of authoritarian measures been putting in very quickly, very, you know, universally accepted amongst most walks of society. It's, I think it's definitely the fact that there is those histories of dictatorships, but it's also the fact that there's, you know, there has been those histories of dictatorships because there's been more histories of rebellions. And the fact that, you know, with Spain, you know, there was the civil war, there was, you know, you know, uh, before that as well, you had um, just, you know, a lot of revolutions and unstable government. Yeah. And in Italy, you had unification and a lot more protests and just kind of attempted revolutions. And in France as well, obviously, you had, you know, 150 years of political turmoil yeah. and then, you know, being taken over by the Nazis and all these different political movements. Whereas in Netherlands, Scandinavia and Europe, it's been quite consistent over the last yeah, 250 yeah, yeah. years. So it's not even the fact that, you know, the people have revolted so much in Southern European countries, which means that I think the governments then feel that it's their responsibility to control the people yeah. much more. And it's like, yeah. you know, they, it's, it's kind of like yeah. a, it's a two way street. The people yeah. in yeah. sometimes, you know, in France, there is that huge culture of protest and rebellion. In the past years, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. We see so that. much of insane, that. Yeah. But then it, when, you know, when they, when the government turns around, it's like, okay, no, but now is the time mm. to stay inside. Yeah. Enough's enough. Fuck your shit. Stay inside right now because yeah. they're all so scared that, you know, we have this culture of civil unrest, disobedience, mm. same in Spain with Catalonia. Yeah. That, okay, no, when, when crunch time comes, we have to put the boot down. Whereas in Britain, France, Scandinavia, I think there are, or Britain, Netherlands, Scandinavia, sorry, there is more mutual trust, yeah. I feel, between the people and yeah. systems of power. And when and in, you have in, that. In some cases across the world, it's not even about trust anymore. It's where. Uh, where you impose a lockdown on people, people who are uh, who die when they don't have 
like have their job that their day to day job because they can't afford food, then you know people are not gonna be uh, gonna be staying inside for the lockdown. India, but yeah. It's just it's just gonna be a measure so that you can you have an excuse to put police on the streets and shoot these people when they start rioting. Yeah. Then like then it's just like pure authoritarianism without even any any sort of like the spirit of their people or something that yeah. <laughs> justifies it in some way or yeah. facilitates it. I it's agree, I agree. Shooting the people who are poorer than you. <laughs> That's I mean India, I think um I think I Modi, I read this the other day and my Indian family was texting me all super nervous. They were like, Yeah, I mean he just from one day to the next was like, Oh yeah, by the way, in the next fourteen days we're locking down everything. Supermarkets, markets, pharmacies, everything. From one day to the next. And everyone was like, What the fuck? Was this recent? Uh, I think this, I don't know if this got lifted, but I know that this happened like a, f- a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, a few weeks ago. Yeah, Sorry, a few I, weeks I, I, ago. I think it meant there was more measures coming. No, 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 but like I remember this and like my Indian family was like, what do we do? Like two weeks without even, like sh- shops are closed, medicine is closed. Like <laughs> what if you have a diabetic? What if you have, you know, all of those things and you can't just yeah. do that. And if you can't, like you have to expect civil unrest after that. You can't just keep people inside forever. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting how that. India is really scary. I mean, that that was something that really, mm. really pissed me off. Actually, was yeah. these measures being taken by Modi? As you know, in the West, it's like you know we can kind of tolerate it. It's like okay, authoritarianism. I have to stay inside. That shit. That's not okay politically yeah. speaking. Mm. Um, people are gonna get depressed. Whatever. But in India, it's like nah. This uh, people live and die by these decisions, literally. And like, yeah. I simply just don't believe that. You know. If if coronavirus was really going to take a hold of India, it would have. I genuinely do believe that that mm. you know it's it's it has a huge border with China, it has you know very poor sanitation, it has it, people in like extremely close quarters with each other at the same time, and you know as soon as Modi announced that lockdown, there was a migration of hundreds of millions of people around India because people generally yeah. like uh, migrated to big cities to find work when they uh, came of age. Yeah. But as soon as all the factories, businesses closed, they all had to migrate back yeah. home. Yeah. So then, horrible images as well. Oh People man, just disgusting. Like yeah. Being pushed into into buses, but before yeah. like being rinsed with disinfectant, uh, like rinsed with chemicals, and then yeah. shoved in buses. It's outrageous. And I was thinking, like, okay, well, you know, if this if this disease is as bad as a lot of experts are saying it is, then what we're going to see is an explosion of coronavirus cases yeah. in India because of you know these poor health conditions. Uh, people living in close quarters and this migration of hundreds of millions of people that yeah. is yeah. that is like it it, is it almost necessitates yeah. ground and then service, we haven't yeah. seen any of that and I, I say this to people and they say oh that's because we don't know the numbers out of india mm. i'm like if we don't know the numbers then how like how, how can we know anything you know how, yeah. how can true, we make such massive generalizations true, though, about these that things that we don't know the numbers because if in all these villages that it's probably running rampant in we don't have tests in the in the big cities or mm. around the hospitals and i i think in those villages it's just going to be impossible to know where which numbers we know and which numbers we don't know mm. we we can't mm. even go by the numbers in the netherlands which is like one of the most like uh, the, the countries where where everything is measured here and we we don't even know like the lethality rate of corona because we don't have enough tests to exactly, substantiate yeah. it there's a lot so we don't know let alone mm. in india or what some of the countries we're talking about uh, at our conference where yeah. there's two confirmed cases um, which are both UN officials. In Africa, yeah. In, uh, <laughs> some in the whole of Africa? No, no in, in that's in, in South Sudan, I think. Um, yeah. But 
like there's just those two cases confirmed, but no one else has gotten tested. But then part <laughs> part, part part of the way I see this is the fact that if if it's so hard for us to see it or find it or differentiate it, and not even the fact that you know because. The numbers, say, for the Spanish flu that came out of India, that was very noticeable. It was like, I think, you know, a third or something. Or yeah. A, you know, tens of millions of people in India died as a result of the Spanish flu in 1918. And that's like, that really happened, you know? And that yeah. wasn't like, oh, the numbers, we don't know about the numbers. It's like, okay, you don't know the exact numbers, but you know, it's tens of millions yeah. of people. Yeah. And it's like for, for there's a, you know, huge increase in deaths that year, just like exponential. True. But then to say, okay, we don't know the numbers that almost like that sentence implies mm. like, we don't know. It could be anything. It could be running rampant. It's like, but it well, could no, be it's that Indians have in their DNA some, you know, uh, s- some gene that, that <laughs> has immunity, like not immunity, but, but helps them fight it. Like you don't, we don't know any, this illness is like, it's totally man-made and new. Mm. You don't know, uh, you know if Europeans are going to be more affected, if, if you know, suddenly Indians for some reason can fight it better, if uh, if yeah. if there's cases in India, if there's no cases in India, like, it's so uncertain, everything. Um, but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised that, oh, I mean, also India was one of the first countries to close the border on all fronts. They were like, yep, no one comes in, no one goes out anymore. Or I think people could go out, but no one comes in. And not even yeah. Indian overseas passport owners. So really? Yeah. Nope, no one That's comes in. So uh, there was a lot of Indians everywhere in the world which were like, yeah, we literally can't go home now. Um, because they were like, we're taking no risks. Like, if this is a breakout in India, we are doomed. Like, <laughs> what you were just saying now with the Spanish yeah, flu, yeah. it is going to take us. It's going to have tens and tens of thousands of people yeah. dying. And they were like, no, we're not doing that. So then again, you know, maybe that helped. Maybe... Um, I, I find know, that hard, know. though, because then it's... I question it because there have still been a, f- a few thousand deaths in it. Mm. So the disease has spread there and it has, yeah. it is there. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So then if, if it is there and if Indians live in this way, which is totally unhygienic, uh, you know, and is, you know, everybody living in close quarters then, and that information combined with the fact that this disease is apparently so infectious mm-hmm. that it can just spread like right now, us three, a meter away from each other, I could be giving it to both of you. And it yeah. spreads at this rate and it spreads in this crazy way. If that's true and everybody living in India in this way is true and there are, you know, a few thousand cases or a few thousand deaths, uh, a few 10,000 cases, those three things combined, give it two months, the whole population should have it. There should be millions of deaths. Yeah. But that yeah. isn't the case. So then I wonder what else we don't know. And like you're saying, you know, we, we, we don't know the numbers in India, but then that also means that if we can't even notice it. We can't even see a mm. difference in the total number of deaths coming out of a country like India. Then I, I really don't think this disease is as severe as we have been led to believe, especially at the start of this crisis. I do obviously think it's a very serious thing and we need to be taking measures, but I think we might have overreacted quite a lot, yeah. honestly. Possibly. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah, I agree, I agree. I mean, I think the main, like, the main problem in Spain, for example, it was a country with a large old population. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about like I think our fertility rate is like one point four or something. It's like insanely yeah. low. So we have a lot of people which are of age, and obviously, if it spreads in a country like that, the death rate is going to be higher because we just have more people that you know are vulnerable. Whereas the Netherlands has a hu- it's a lot of young people in this in your country. You have a lot of yes. young population. So and even the older people are very fit because of biking and. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean that also plays a factor. And India has a young population. It's also about the uh, yeah. the separation mm. between old people and young people. Like in Amsterdam, yeah. you don't see many old people. No, true. You know, people tend to hardly ever see like you know, 
really old people mm. walking around the center of Amsterdam. It's an incredibly young city. Yeah. And it's the same with other Dutch cities. You know, there's a lot of student cities. And then old people tend to live in villages in the countryside. Mm. Whereas yeah. in countries like Spain, Italy, people live with their grandparents. Exactly. People All live next to house, their grandparents. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a lot of interaction. Mm. These factors, like these are these are massive factors. Of that course. Really yeah. haven't been yeah. discussed that much, I feel, in the mm international yeah. debate we're going to go over time now we hit 36 oh. minutes this was obviously a taster for what <laughs> yeah. you can expect exactly. at Dan yeah. some lovely coronavirus chat but, uh, but thank you so much guys focus. for coming on thanks for having us yeah thanks that was so much fun and yeah. I'll put a link to uh, Dan Moon to sign up in the description of this podcast this will be going out as soon as possible um, so yeah sign up people wonderful yeah. sign up it's